Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tonight, America retaliates. But we're learning about the U.S. military taking out the militia commander it says is responsible for attacks on American service members in the Middle East. The CBS Evening News starts now. Good evening, I'm Nora O'Donnell, and we are coming on the air on this Wednesday night following a number of breaking stories involving the U.S. military, including that drone strike in Iraq that the Pentagon says killed a high-ranking commander of Kataib Hezbollah. That is the Iranian-backed militia that is blamed for the death of three soldiers in Jordan. The United States says the commander killed is responsible for directly planning and participating in terrorist attacks against American forces in the Middle East. There have been 168 attacks on U.S. service members in Iraq, Syria and Jordan since October. The strike targeted a single car on a busy street in the eastern part of the Iraqi capital. This is the first time since the deaths of those soldiers that the United States has targeted a specific person after a major strike last week against buildings and weapons depots. The president has vowed that attacks on these militia groups will continue as long as the U.S. military in the region is threatened. Here's CBS's David Martin with new reporting from the Pentagon. The drone strike in downtown Baghdad engulfed a vehicle in flames, killing a senior commander of the largest Iranian-backed militia in Iraq and Syria, known as Kataib Hezbollah. U.S. officials said the nighttime strike was part of the retaliation ordered by President Biden after the drone attack which killed three American soldiers in Jordan. The target of tonight's strike was in charge of Kataib Hezbollah operations in Syria, just across the border from Jordan. And Pentagon officials had fingered Kataib Hezbollah as the most likely suspect. As the footprints of Kataib Hezbollah, um, but not making a final assessment on that. Retaliation for the Jordan attack began last Friday night with airstrikes against half a dozen locations in Iraq and Syria including ammunition dumps, which set off spectacular secondary explosions. 
more than 85 targets in all. We currently assess that we had good effects and that the strikes destroyed or functionally damaged more than 80 targets at the seven facilities. The effect that matters is whether these retaliatory strikes put an end to attacks against American troops. Since that Friday night strike, there have been two confirmed attacks, both in Syria, but no injuries to Americans. Nora? Yeah, let's see what happens next. David Martin, thank you. Well, tonight, more breaking news with the urgent search underway for five missing Marines after their helicopter went down in a remote area about an hour outside of San Diego. The White House says President Biden has been briefed and he is keeping a close eye on the search efforts. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is at the scene. Tonight, a desperate search for five missing U.S. Marines after the helicopter they were on vanished during a powerful storm. This morning, search and rescue teams located the helicopter in a remote mountain area inside the Cleveland National Forest. The condition it was found in is unclear. The search is ongoing for, uh, for the helicopter and the crew. Uh, obviously, our, uh, our hopes are of the best here. Officials say the Marines' CH-53E helicopter took off from Creech Air Force Base near Las Vegas Tuesday evening, flying to Marine Corps Air Station in Miramar in California. We got a call from the Marine Corps saying that they lost signal from one of their aircraft in the Pine Valley area. Search teams launched three hours later when the aircraft was reported overdue and presumed to be missing. The last known location was from a ping uh, that was reported to our dispatch center. This is just the latest crash involving the CH-53E aircraft, which is used to carry heavy military equipment. Four Marines were killed in California during a routine training mission in 2018, and 12 Marines died in 2016 when the same helicopters collided during a nighttime training exercise off the coast of Oahu in Hawaii. You've got uh, well-trained air crews. It's It's a very complex machine, and things simply do happen. This flight was part of a training mission, and tonight it's unclear why it took off in the first place. Snow, wind, and rain made for dangerous conditions. Meanwhile, tonight the search continues behind me. It was actually delayed several hours because of the weather, Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti on the scene for us. Thank you. At least nine deaths are now being blamed on the storms that slammed California this week. Three days of record rainfall triggered hundreds of mudslides damaging homes across the state. CBS's Carter Evans shows us the massive cleanup has only just begun. As L.A. finally starts to dry out, they're digging out from a massive amount of mud that has inundated the region. The numbers are remarkable. Since the beginning of the year, Los Angeles has recorded nearly twice the amount of rainfall as Seattle. More than six times what Miami has received, a foot of rain in L.A., much of it just in the last three days. That's what makes the cleanup so daunting. Just since Sunday, more than 500 mudslides and 400 trees uprooted. The damage stretching from the hillsides to the beaches. These apartment buildings now hang precariously over the shoreline near Santa Barbara after a cliff gave way. East of L.A., this woman's mother survived a major slide yesterday morning. She was just like, oh, my God, the hill's coming down, the hill's coming down. We have on the mountain range before, but not as bad. In this storm, Jesus Barone's situation is all too typical. He took us through his house. No power. It actually looked okay until we got here. Oh, my gosh. So it, it's not like it even came through. It's not like it even came through the window here. It came through the wall. 
It came through the wall, as you can see. Yes, it took down the studs, it took down everything. Yes. This is what it looks like from the backyard. The mud punched a hole right through the wall. More rain is on the way, and that's bad news for people who live in hillside communities where the threat of even more mudslides is very real. Nora? Just incredible to look at that. Carter Evans, thank you so much. Here in Washington, a landmark $118 billion bipartisan plan to tighten the southern border and help pay for the war in Ukraine has collapsed. And tonight, there's little sense and little hope that Congress can find a new way to respond to either crisis. CBS's Scott McFarlane has the fallout of a frantic 72 hours of dysfunction on Capitol Hill. As migrants continue to cross, Congress is frozen in place. It shows how broken Washington, D.C. is. A U.S. Senate plan to stiffen border security, tighten requirements for asylum, and nearly shutter the border during spikes of migrant crossings had the endorsement of Senate leaders and a National Border Patrol Union. My Republican colleagues changed their minds. Turns out they want all talk and no action. The motion is not a But it to. collapsed in a vote late today, in part because former President Trump opposed it. Americans are ticked off that this is not resolved. The impasse is a blow also to cities like Chicago, where Alderman Byron Sicho Lopez is helping the city respond to thousands of migrants bust from the border. The federal government has uh, exacerbated and worsening the issue at the border. The Senate today then shifted to a new plan with tens of billions of dollars to help Ukraine and Israel, but no border changes. It'll face stiff resistance in the House. I mean, this place is just, it's just chaos, right? The failures happen a day after House Republicans came up one vote short in trying to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Was it a surprise how it played out? Uh, I don't think it was a surprise. It was more of a disappointment. Texas Democrat Al Green, hospitalized near the Capitol after intestinal surgery, made a surprise appearance on the floor, casting the deciding vote. You had to sign a waiver to get out of the hospital to vote? It was an acknowledgement that I understood that there could be some consequences that could be adverse to my best interest to do this. The House could vote as early as next week on a second attempt to impeach Secretary Mayorkas, further inflaming an already fiery and gridlocked Congress. Nora? What a look at what's going on. Scott McFarland, thank you. President Biden won Nevada's primary election last night, while former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley got walloped in the Republican contest, not by former President Donald Trump, who wasn't even on the nine-binding primary ballot, but she lost to the none-of-these-candidates option, which more than doubled Haley's vote total. Nevada's primary was a big test for the candidates to rally Latino voters in a crucial battleground state. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is listening to America tonight in the Silver State. Every four years, candidates bet big on Nevada. But in order to hit the jackpot in November, they need to win over the state's key demographic, Latinos. And few here are eager for the likely rematch. My gosh, just feels like deja vu happening all over again, honestly, with the same presidential candidates. Maggie Abias Petrell, a self-described Reagan Republican, voted for Mr. Biden four years ago. Now, she's not sure. He talked about health care and education and even student loans for the, for the students, right? Um, a lot of things that I don't think he was able to deliver. But she can't support Trump either. He needs to put the ego aside. Right. He needs to respect women. Nationwide, at least three million more Latinos are eligible to vote from four years ago. Ilenia Archuleta, a new U.S. citizen who leans Democrat, is among them. 
I was excited. When I became a student, I was like, yes, let's do it, you know? And now it's like, what do I do? She'd like to vote for the president, but... There's just so many things that have been promised, and we still haven't really seen them. What hasn't Joe Biden done for you? Let's start with immigration. He has, I see, there's so many people around me that I see them struggle. He promised in the beginning, and we didn't see that. We're still in the same situation. Independent Stevie Castrejon voted for Trump twice and says President Biden has been too scripted. It just seemed like he wasn't trying to actually connect with people and answer the questions that we want to answer. Do you think it would be any different if you actually had different candidates running? Yes. This is a country where the millennials are just doing wonderful things. Why not give the opportunity to, you know, a woman president or a young president? One thing so clear in our conversations is a real lack of enthusiasm for the likely candidates, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on the state parties in this swing state to turn out voters, who, as you can see, are pretty turned off. Nora? Ed O'Keefe in Las Vegas, thank you. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's latest efforts to broker a new ceasefire and hostage release in the Israel-Hamas war hit a dead end today. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected a counteroffer from Hamas, calling the terror group's demands delusional. We get more from CBS's Deborah Pata in Jerusalem. As war rages on, if the U.S. was hoping Israel's prime minister would be in a negotiating mood, today would have been a disappointment. Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected a proposal by Hamas that includes demands for a 135-day ceasefire and the withdrawal of troops from Gaza in exchange for all the hostages. But peace and security require total victory over Hamas. We cannot accept anything else. And Netanyahu warned that while victory was close, it could still take months. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, now on his fifth visit to the region, appears to be going home empty-handed once again, despite his more positive tone. While there are some clear non-starters in Hamas's response, uh, we do think it creates space for agreement to be reached. But for Palestinians stuck in Gaza, who've already endured four months of war, a deal cannot come soon enough. And for the families of the more than 100 hostages still being held in the middle of that war, there is just as much at stake. It's been 123 agonizing days waiting for their loved ones to come home and worrying about their safety. Speaking today, some former hostages had bitter words for Netanyahu, saying that if the goal of destroying Hamas continues, Nora, there will be no more hostages left to free. Deborah Pata, thank you. Back here at home, the CDC is warning about the rise in measles infections in the U.S. There have been 23 reported cases since December, mostly in children who have not been vaccinated. In a CBS News investigation, correspondent Stephen Stock analyzed vaccination rates across the country, and he found that hundreds of thousands of children are at risk of getting deathly ill. Clark County, Washington, made national news in 2019 with a measles outbreak that lasted for months. It started with one case, then came another, in all 71 measles cases before it was over. Were you scared? Terribly. Terrified. Yeah. 
During the outbreak, Jessica Fitchell's son battled childhood leukemia at just six years old. His life would be in grave danger if he would have been exposed to measles and contracted it. We found nationwide the share of unvaccinated kindergartners grew significantly in the last three years. In the 19 states where we analyze data, the vaccination rates are so low, at least 8,595 schools are now at risk of a measles outbreak. That's at least 800,000 students. Across the country here in New York City, they had their own measles outbreak in 2019. 649 people in all. Dozens had to be hospitalized. The city's public health commissioner says while more people in New York City got vaccinated because of the outbreak, the numbers have been declining ever since. I'm worried about the trend if it continues in that direction. Do you need to be stricter enforcement? Say, if you don't have them, you don't go to school, period. It is not just enforcement. It's not just mandates. It is engagement, communication, trust building. The reason rates are down is complicated. Six different experts point to everything from political influences to fear of vaccines, mistrust in government to misinformation. We now have a misinformation superhighway, um, which is social media and, frankly, an, an entirely unregulated and unfettered access to this information. Why wouldn't you do it for the five-year-old kid um, who, if he were to get measles, he's going to die? Stephen Stock, CBS News, Vancouver, Washington. There's breaking news from a Philadelphia suburb where two officers were shot and a house went up in flames. That's next. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Two Philadelphia-area police officers were wounded today, responding to a call that an 11-year-old had possibly been shot at a home in East Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. But it's not clear if a child was shot or even in the house. The officers were rushed to the hospital and listed in stable condition. A fire then broke out with the gunman barricaded inside. Police are waiting for the fire to be put out so they can then go inside. Beware of knockoff Super Bowl souvenirs. We'll tell you how authorities are cracking down on counterfeit items ahead of the big game next. Ahead of the Super Bowl this Sunday, Homeland Security officials are cracking down on counterfeit goods, warning people to be on the lookout for knockoff jerseys, T-shirts and memorabilia. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is in Las Vegas with more. On the hunt for Super Bowl football fakes. Homeland Security investigations agents sweep through Las Vegas, seizing 4,600 counterfeits in hours, worth nearly a million dollars. Do you think that's the tip of the iceberg? Yes. So this is a big problem. 
I think annually uh, the number of items out there are estimated to be in the trillions, and that's trillion with a, with a T. So how do you know something's a fake? HSI Executive Associate Director Katrina Berger. Criminal organizations sell counterfeit merchandise. They manufacture and use the gains for um, many nefarious purposes. So the counterfeits are going to fund what? All kinds of criminal, criminal activities. Much of it is sold online, and those websites may be looking to steal your identity. I see some items that uh, right in front of us that are most likely going to be counterfeit NFL merchandise. But Special Agent Brandon Crane spotted these moments into our walk through Fremont Street in downtown Vegas. As we get closer to the Super Bowl, you're going to see more and more of it. You're going to see mom-and-pop shops popping up. You're going to see people selling these items out of the trunks of their cars. It's, it's so prolific. Among the items seized so far, hundreds of jerseys, knockoff Super Bowl championship rings, even a fake Lombardi trophy on sale for 2500 bucks. Last year, Operation Team Player led to 434 arrests. You know, true fans keep it real. That's what I want the fans to know. Now, these are just some of the fakes they've found this weekend. From a distance, this looks pretty good. But check out the tag here. There should be an NFL hologram right here. And many of the counterfeits don't even bother trying to knock it off. Also, you can look at the, the stitching and the feel of the jersey. It doesn't feel quite right. And there's extra stitching here. Also, if it looks like the workmanship was an afterthought, that's a giant red flag, Nora. All right. We need you to go shopping with us. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. And you can watch Super Bowl 58 on Sunday night right here on CBS. American gymnast Gabby Douglas makes a big announcement about her future. That's next. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Finally tonight, three-time gold medalist Gabby Douglas is making a comeback with hopes of returning to the Olympic Games in Paris later this year. Douglas, the first black gymnast to win the Olympic all-around gold medal in 2012, hasn't competed since the Rio Games in 2016. Well, she's taking part in the Winter Cup in Louisville, Kentucky on February 24th. Good luck. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Go for the gold. Good night. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com.
com slash survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.